I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Recall the Midwife. Today we're watching and talking about Series 4, Episode 7. I'm Becky. I'm Alex. I'm Jen. A reminder that this week's episode deals with severe pediatric health issues, LGBTQ issues, illness, and discussion of death and dying. So if those are topics that you would prefer to skip this time, we understand and hope you join us for the next one. In this week's episode, we meet two expectant mothers who have just checked into the maternity home to give birth. Shirley Dent and Marion Smith were friends in school but have lost touch over the years. Shirley is excited to see Marion, but Marion doesn't quite return the feeling. They both give birth to girls on the same day, but a fire in the laundry room at the maternity home sends everyone running. Sister Evangelina carries both babies out and hands them off to their mothers. Days later, Marion's baby, little Deborah, is poorly, and a visit from Dr. Turner and tests at the hospital reveal Deborah has a heart murmur. Sister Evangelina and, Dis- and Trixie discuss the babies back at Nanata's house, and Evangelina hears something that makes her suspect a grave mistake has been made. The babies were switched, and the Smiths and the Dents each have the wrong child and must figure out a way to navigate this complicated situation. Meanwhile, on the district rounds, Sister Mary Cynthia is charged with caring for Tommy Mills, an elderly bed-bound man suffering from bed sores. Gert, his wife, is his main caregiver and gets off on the wrong foot with Barbara when she comes to enroll the Mills in a free laundry service. Cynthia and Barbara begin to work together to help the couple, and after a visit from Fred and Violet, they learn Gert has been suffering with a painful wound that soon reveals itself to be a symptom of cancer. 
The women keep up their constant care so Gert can get the help she needs while Tommy doesn't lose any of his. Fred and Violet have been seeing each other and Fred is a relation of Tommy's, which prompts the visit to Tommy and Gert's house. Fred's feelings for Violet have grown serious, but he's worried she won't have room in her heart for him as the love and memory of her first husband is so strong. Tommy offers some sage advice and it empowers Fred to share his feelings and propose marriage. Violet is as in love as Fred and she accepts his proposal happily. Last, Trixie is continuing to adjust to being single again and coping with alcoholism and Patsy and Delia struggle with the feelings they have for each other and the inability to share them openly. Um, just a word, I don't mean she's coping with alcoholism. I didn't word that right in my synopsis, but she's she's turning to drinking as a as a mean to kind of soothe her, some of her sad We know what you meant. We know what you, you meant. Know. You get it. It was it. very you get good. It. Very good detailed oh, synopsis. Oh. Again, and all the time there's so much more detail because I know. the more characters they add, the more aspects are going on in each episode. And it's just well, all the notes we write, all the episodes are getting longer. <laughs> well, and don't even get me started. I haven't even, I didn't even, I forgot, I didn't even put in the uh, the whole storyline about Glenda Severs. And we're going to talk about it, about that at length as well. I didn't even, I didn't even remember to put her in, but that's a whole beautiful side story as well that happens. Because some would say it's all of this is... some would say annoying. Well, no, right. <laughs> oh girls okay we're gonna have we're gonna have some problems but all right, <laughs> right. Are we, are we doing, are we, should we do the main storyline first the dents and the smiths yeah we got sure. it right sure not the band the smiths obviously no um, can only. i just say the first scene poor mr dent so the first scene is shirley dent going into the maternity home and uh, it's really dark and awful outside and sister evangeline is like we've got it from here and just shuts the door on him and he's just outside like <laughs> What, what do we do now? Like, <laughs> yeah, but do you not think he's just going to go home and go back to bed? Just poor Mr. Dent. <laughs> oh, he's going to have the time of his life he's for gonna, the next day or two. He's going to get a full night's sleep. Yeah, he's going to eat well, like, they you know. He stayed in for like two weeks as well in them days, didn't they? Even if the baby was healthy. So he'd have like two weeks of like, oh, he'd have he's... to cook for himself though, Bex. Hard no, shit. No, no. Oh, he's gonna, eat, he's gonna eat chips and and everything in the on the sofa in his underwear for the, like the whole time. Like he's loving it. This is the best thing. This is his last moment before a newborn comes into his life and ruins everything. <laughs> I mean, like sleep wise, you know, all that, all the stuff that babies just kind of the havoc they wreak when they come in is what I mean. So, do you know the bit that annoyed me? Well, a few bits annoyed me in this week's episode. I'm not gonna lie, but you know, so Shirley's there and she's like, "Oh, it's me." It's surely like to Goldilocks, the, the blonde yeah, Marion, Mary, who's awful, Marian. I add. Marion Smith was awful. But she was like, <laughs> do you remember me? I didn't, like, she didn't remember her from like, and then I thought, because obviously we're 41, and we're like, uh, oh, someone from school. I don't, there's never been someone I don't remember at all from school who knew me. And if they were best friends, and she looked like, like she'd know it, and it, she was like, it's been what, 12 years? I thought, as if, as if. <laughs> you people re- I don't remember, Alex. Oh, that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Well, what I thought was Take that they back. were like acquaintances and we'll get there. But like at the end of their kind of storyline, it, it's like, oh, you know, like they say something really touching. It's like, well, and, and the implication is that they were like almost like best friends. And I'm like, you didn't know she said they were best friends. Yeah. And I'm like, well, so then how in the world, you know, and, and I, w- I think I would remember a best friend. Oh, you definitely <laughs> would. I That's mean, very not, nice of you. Very magnanimous not, of you. <laughs> you're not that bad. <laughs> If you didn't remember a best friend from your formative years, like we would think you'd have like some traumatic brain injury or something like well, that. Well, from 12 years ago, that's after we all met kids. When she calls it, because she, her, mm. Marion um, Smith's maiden name is Gold and she's blonde. So she calls her Goldilocks. And yeah. I kind of feel like it's one of those things where Shirley means it as kind of a term of endearment, but maybe I don't think Marion felt the same. 
Yeah, she might have felt annoyed she about it. She might not her. have, but that's that's actually a nice nickname, all things considered. Considering she's such a cow, yeah. <laughs> the thing is, they really made her like so plain in it. Like you know, like 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 um, Shirley looks looks like she's kind of done up the whole time, and Marion often looks really tired and like kind of you know, I don't know. Yeah, but they they show in the illness. Bless Shirley, she sent a Christmas card every year. I know. Well, for the 12 years, which, let's be honest, that's not that many. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just really angry after, like, she finished nowhere after 12 years. Well, you know you know what really irritated me? So just just to give some context. So, okay, so she sees her in the maternity home. She's like, oh, this would be so nice. We're going to be next to each other and having our babies at the same time. And Shirley is just kind of like, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah, whatever. And then they both have their babies. Okay. And then, like, all the stuff. Those little switched. girls. Both little girls, and like we will discuss the switching more or whatever. But anyways, after the b- babies have been returned to them, um, Sister Evangelina says like, "Oh, you know, because of the fire and everything, we're gonna have you guys go home, and then we'll care for you like at home, you know. So just wait, watch for us to come and like visit and everything." And then Shirley, like now both husbands have come to pick up their wives and everything, and so Shirley says to Mary, and she's like, "Oh, well, you know, like now we've reconnected, like it'd be really great. We can keep in touch and everything. Like maybe just you know, have you know, get together for a phone call once in a while, just have a chat about being a new mom and everything." And Shirley's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I don't really think so. Or we're whatever. moving, we're moving. There's no point. Yeah. She's like, she's like well, even, point. even more, you know, like now, we yeah. Can, you know, yeah, like even more is the point. Like we can be together. And she's like, you know what? We were friends in the past. Like we don't need to be friends now. Like just leave me alone, basically. And I was just like, I half so... admired that though, Jen. I go through life making friends. Ugh. I don't need any more. I can't keep in touch with all the ones I've got. I want to see my, my real friends more. And I keep just making new friends. And it, no offense to all my new friends out there, but. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you've only just recently met Alex, don't take offense. <laughs> well, like, on the back though, like I just lost your life. I really lost me where but I just can't be at this point. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, I quite admired the way she was like, "Nah," like I no, love it. I keep getting asked so for my rude, number, and I'm like, no, oh, was, "Okay, no, I, I can't, I can't." We just give out a digit wrong. Oh, that seems just, a bit hard. Just, what if they try and do it in front of you and stuff? In the 1960s, they wouldn't have. No. Oh, yeah, she should have done that. Sorry, I thought you meant me do that. (laughs) But also, just just be polite and say, like, yeah, that'd be lovely, with no intention of doing it. I do that sometimes. Yeah. Well, the thing is, it's so, it's it's 1960. There's, like, there's no technology. There's no nothing. People, I mean, literally, they live, like, four blocks away, and they lost touch in in the last decade. Like, if she goes to Baslingdon or wherever they're moving to, she can just lose touch so easily without hurting anyone's feelings. Yeah, but they only lost touch because Goldilocks wanted them to, because she's been sending less cards to her mum's house. I don't know. To be honest, I think Shirley's too good for Marion. Same. Even though Marion thinks she's too good for Shirley, but also didn't, Ooh, the didn't, irony. Didn't you think it was? <laughs> didn't you think that they both ended up with like husbands just like them too? Because I thought God, uh, Godfrey was a bit of a jerk, and I, I loved. He was an absolute horror. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Is that like she ended up with like another, you know, like yeah, kind she of whatever, got what like she her. deserved, and then and then Shirley's husband was lovely. Like I was yeah. here for Shirley's husband, Ian. I was like, yes, please. So can we I talk mean... about the births really quick? The births were actually quite graphic. We've been talking about how they were just sprayed with water. Oh. <laughs> they saved all the gore for these births. It was a quite a gory episode, I thought, with all the sores that were going on See, as well. I, thought, I yeah. thought the gore was with the elderly couple, not not the babies. I didn't well, think no, the babies, the babies were, were pretty bloody, you know, considering the, the, yeah. there's literally been babies sprayed with water before. 
<laughs> um, but anyway, so so the, they have the babies right like back to back, like within it seems like hours of each other. And um, Trixie and Sister Evangeline are doing like all of the usual like brand new baby, you know, get everything organized or whatever. And then just as they're, they have the baby side by side on this table with like identical blankets, identical everything. And then just as they're kind of like finishing up at all the stuff for them, that's when they hear boom, boom, boom in the, in the laundry room. And then, um, and then uh, Shirley comes out, she, sorry, Sheila comes out and she's like, oh my God, evacuate. And so, so what I thought was amazing actually was that Sister Evangelina is like, I've got this, like, you go help the moms or whatever. So Trixie runs away. Sister Evangelina swaddles both babies really fast. She grabs the one on her left and, like, transfers it over to her right, like a little football under her arm. And then she picks up the other one the same way. And so she's literally got these two babies, like, on her side, like, held under her arm and everything. She runs right out. I just, I was so impressed with the ability to carry and two little brand newborns at once. it was also just such brand a fire once. as well, with the noise of the fire in the laundry room. Yeah, it was really scary. And, like, they had to get, get everyone out. And then, you know, like, you know, Patrick runs up and he's like, oh, my God, are you okay? And, you know, Sheila and da 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 and so then Sister Evangelina passes off the babies because, and she thinks she gives them to the right people, obviously, but she just got turned around and, you know, confused and everything in the melee. And so they both go home with their, with the babies they think are theirs. And then that's when, and then that's when Marion says to Shirley, you know, listen, I really don't want to talk to you ever again. So just. Yeah, school was a long time ago. Yeah. She's like. Lives. Yeah. And her snobby husband also is like, Ugh, and then they leave or whatever. And then, um, and then we see uh, Marion again because her baby isn't doing well, and they call Doctor Turner, and he's like, "Oh," and so they take the baby to Great Ormond Street Hospital, I think it is. Yeah. And then that's when they find out the baby has a heart murmur. But then what happens is they're at the hospital, and Sister Evangelina is visiting Marion, and she's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, how are you doing? How's your How are you bearing up or whatever?" She's like, "Oh, I'm okay." Da da da. And then she goes, oh, look at that birthmark on her leg right there. She's like, my mom yeah. said that's an angel's kiss, like meant to protect her. Like everything's going to be okay. I'm holding on to hopes and all this thing. And the sister vintage is like, oh, that's really nice. And like you zoom in on the birthmark and you see it. Well, anyway, then she goes back to Nanata's house and they're chatting. And Trixie's like, oh, Mrs. Dent, Shirley wants stuff for her baby book. So she asked me all these questions about it. And she's like, interesting. You know, she's like, she like the baby was born with a birthmark on her leg, but now it's faded away. So, hmm, that, you know, I know it happens, but oh, interesting or whatever and then she like puts the file away and walks away and sister evangelina and this was such good acting i don't think i could ever pull this off i don't think i would be able to be like this but she like she's like reading a book at the telephone and then she goes and then like her light her like they're like literally you see the light bulb in her mind and then she's like oh and you and oh uh, uh, like she just she's working it out and she starts looking at the record she's like oh no and then cut to she goes into sister julian and she's a praying and sister evangelina absolutely is in a she's like fully freaking out she's losing it sinking feeling she must be honest dear girls right like let's just go back a little bit just be honest in that moment when she connected yeah i wrote if i was a sister evangelina i'd just leave it (laughs) (laughs) just keep quiet But then no. I know what had happened. I wouldn't be able to sleep. I'd feel really oh, sick and I'd have no, to go down. And yeah, never, there's no chance I could actually leave it. But in that moment, never. you know, like fight or flight, fight or flight, man, it'd be flight. Well, you know, if you guys, have, I, we, I think every human on earth has had this where you, okay, like something, something happens, right? And like the, I, what I'm going to describe is like literally like a minutia, like a, a percent, like a, a, a small fraction of a percent of what Sister Evangelina is facing. But you know, when like something like that's a huge mess has just happened like 
case in point, like last week I was baking something and I, I accidentally like shook the thing that I have my flour in and the top came off and then all this flour just went all over the kitchen. And I was like, and as soon as it happened, I just thought, like, I literally was like, what if I just leave my house right now and never come back? You know what I mean? It's just like, <laughs> it's I, like I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, there's just this moment where you just think, can I just absolutely not deal with this? And like, you know, and like, just, you know, and you just, and you just wish you could go back to that one second before that terrible thing happened. And you're just like, oh, it was like, it, like, just, before, like, Jen, you was- just described my whole life. Oh my goodness. But that was really like, that's the, that like crushing moment where you're like, cause you could see sister Evangelina. She had this moment where she's like, wait a minute. No, it can't be like, no, 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 no. And she like looks back at her book and then she's like, no, I'm not going to be able to. Right. And then she like, before goes, we go anyway. on to the cleanup operation, I just want to say a few things here. Right. Yeah, sure. Now, number one, talking about the baby swapping. Now my baby, when it was born, I would not have been able to mistake that baby for it. Number one, I'm really sorry if you're listening to this beaut, but she looked like a troll. Right. <laughs> you said this before. You said this before. But she had a really long ginger mullet. And <laughs> there was there was no way I could have been confused. That baby could have been confused with another. And I just that's what really like I don't understand how it happens in real life because you've seen your baby usually. Like yeah. I don't understand it. But then it got me thinking about so the names of the babies. Will they have to swap the names? I thought that. I wondered about that. If Deborah and would you prefer Jackie. a Debbie, a Deborah, or a Jackie? Ooh. I'd want a Jackie, hundred percent. I think I yeah, because like I'd call her Jack. Yeah, I think I think I'd go for Deborah over Jackie. I don't oh, really, really? Love the, I don't really love the name Jackie. Well, if it it was to any Debras or Jackies listening. Yeah, true. Well, if you feel well, not I... like enough for names. Jen, no, 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 they're both. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about. I just, I just, for me, Jackie isn't as pretty of a name as Deborah. I just don't. Oh, I, that's just the other way around. Jacketta, you know. <laughs> pretty name costs nothing. Um, uh, the other thing I wanted to say, you know, Goldilocks, when the doctor was breaking the news about the, do- the daughter's heart problem. Yeah. He was like, the heart, it's her soul, isn't it? Her nature. How will she be complete? How will she love if it's opened up and changed in any way? And Goldilocks, that's not how biology works. <laughs> <laughs> Just really annoyed me, that scene. Well, that was one of our deleted scenes. I'm glad I didn't see it because that would really irritate me saying something it like that. really irritate like... me, hence why I literally well, rewound it like three times to watch it. Well, that's like saying like, who am I if someone's like, you know, removed my appendix or whatever? Like, excuse me? Like, no, that's not You're how this works. Because your soul's <laughs> like gone that's... if your appendix is gone. That's not how life works, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Anyway, Are- so onto the cleanup operation. Sorry, you can carry on. Oh no, well just just yeah. So Sister Evangelina goes into Sister Julianne and she is absolutely like falling apart. Like it's the it's the most emotional I think I've seen her. I mean the scene was amazing. Yeah. Oh, was she it, wasn't she? she- Oh, it was just so like this well. the noise that came out of her when she realized a mistake. Like I could just oh, it was God. so well acted. Again, yeah. Pam Ferris, she was amazing. Well, she oh she's she'll be listening. Brilliant. She's brilliant. I mean, oh, I I wish she was. I would love to like compliment her and like meet her and just tell her how much I love her. But like, Pam Ferris, um, if you are listening, please come on for a um for an interview. Oh, oh my goodness! Like, no, no, oh, I would love that. But no, so she's so upset. She's absolutely like just beside herself with like worry, anxiousness. Like, I don't know how this is gonna you know fix itself. Sister Julianne, of course, is the rock that she always is, and she you know soothes her. So then the next scene cuts to Julianne, Evangelina, and Sheila all at the doctor's office, basically, and they're looking. Sheila was so good. She was out 
outstanding. This is yeah. not your mistake alone. We are a team and we will resolve it. And she's there like a detective with the blood work and the, oh, yeah. Dr. Watson-esque. She, well, and just, and just amazing that she really does, you know, and the thing is when they, t- and so what they figure out is that because of the blood types of the parents, there's no way that the babies can't be switched because of how the blood types worked out it doesn't you know we get we don't have to go into ex- explanation but anyway they, they're they're 100 positive that the babies were swapped so then the three of them all have a meeting with both sets of parents and they call them in and they basically say you know like we're really really sorry but this is what's happened and everything and then again surely so mean but she's like oh she's like but deborah needs so much care like there's no way that um, no, it was it was Marion who was mean. Mary Marion who says that about Shirley. She's Marion was so mean. She said about Shirley. She's like, well, she never takes anything seriously. How do you think she's going to take care of Deborah and everything? Which I was like, okay, rude. Like she's not seventeen anymore. Like, well, not just chance. that as well. Godfrey, I've written here. Godfrey Smith is a swear word I've written. Um, yeah, we've been, yeah. And he was like, we've been to hell with their baby. And then he yeah. talks about them being those fools. I just think, yeah. who do you think you are? I've written here. Yeah. If I was the dents, I'd get an injunction against the Smiths. <laughs> what's mean about godfrey too is that like i mean like okay we haven't really liked marion but like she still is like really struggling with like the situation okay like she She doesn't even understand biology she's not the brightest spark is she no 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 but like the thing is she's like oh but i love deborah but like you know my uh, this other baby did it i mean she's clearly like you know really feeling agonized about it and then godfrey is like oh well you know what like really we're lucky actually because we got a defective baby so let's like you know toss that one back and get the good baby and then we can like just start from scratch with like an actual good baby that's like not sick and she's just like how dare you how could you be so mean and he's like well what i don't know what you're talking about and i just thought oh my god the two of them between them it's just anyway that's all my i'm gonna say about that but marion just incensed me when she says to shirley like you couldn't manage you can't even stop her from crying and i was just like oh yeah well that and that's the scene where where shirley and jackie go into the like observation room where marion is and they're looking at little baby deborah in her little incubator kind of area at the hospital and i was like well babies crawl all the cry all the time even when their mothers are holding them like that means absolutely nothing oh honestly they just made me angry them too like they're gonna mm-hmm. give poor deborah a horrible jackie deborah whatever like yeah that's the leg- legality of it they can because they've registered a child's birth they registered the wrong child they don't have to keep that name do that they can just swap them i don't know <laughs> no you're, you're really, really focused on the name change here <laughs> <laughs> again is that really the most important thing about this is like listen forget everything else what name are they gonna have <laughs> Well, you've got, you remember, so listeners won't know this, but I, I won't tell you my first real name. It's awful. Yeah. But I was actually born. No, I wasn't born with a name. I was given a name <laughs> by my parents when I was born. And my brother couldn't say it. So I've got this first name that's redundant. I've never used. And I always go by my middle name, Alex, Alexandra. Yeah. I hate my first name, like, so much. It's caused so many problems. Do you remember the first at uni when I first got there? I didn't have my student loan for six weeks because my name had caused issues. I turned up to lectures as Alex. And uh, yeah. um they were looking for it, but basically well, saying that I hadn't turned up. So my always... names are really important to me. I just think I've got a thing about it. They are, but just as a quick aside about that, though, about your name, is that, like, what I found funny was that you made a big point of introducing us as you're, like, introducing yourself with your full name, and then you were like, but I hate my first name. Never call me that. Always call me this. Yeah, but I just knew and there'd be like, letters what? and stuff for me because people laughed at it so much that I knew there'd be letters and stuff for me, so I'd just try and get it out of the way. But I don't think any of us really gave you a hard time about it, did we? No, because I'd already... I'd already preempted. People, do you know what really annoyed me as well? Like when I didn't preempt and didn't tell people, it's like I'd shot them or something when they found out that I've got a different name. <laughs> like, really? Why did you never tell me? So I kind of just preempt when I've met people. Yeah, fair, 
Fair. Oh, but anyways, but here's my thing though. Like again, if we're gonna just like like you know beat this drum for like a w- little while longer, is that like okay? Let's say they were, the little babies were named like Jackie and Deborah, but they didn't give those. They gave their baby the name that. So like then if you get the other baby back, you're like, well, if you're not gonna keep the name, then you have to start from scratch again because it's not like you can be like, oh, you're just Jackie 2.0. Yeah. But do they have to be? Because each of them have. It's not like you. It's not like the birth certificate is attached to the baby. They've registered their child. No, it is attached to the baby because then parents are listed on the birth certificate so they'd have to rip up the birth certificates and start again but there's two babies and two birth certificates yeah but jackie would be with the dents and deborah would be with the with the gold so then you'd have to start over and say oh deborah's going with the dents. Basically, it, becky what you're saying is you're advocating fraud but i'm just saying that you've got two birth certificates you've got two babies you have got different just, surnames, Bets. Yeah, but I, you just get the right baby back and then you've got the birth certificate that you wanted to call it. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you, you've you had the baby. Oh, like, see what you, you mean. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean, but that's what I I'm didn't. saying then. Well, no, okay, yeah, but that's but, but then she, but then what I'm saying is that, like, then, like, Deborah would become Jackie and Jackie would become Deborah. Yeah, it's I think just swap the names. Mm, that would make me feel weird. You do have to put like the weight and stuff on there. Yeah. I'll tell you what, actually, this was something I was worried about. Pops it out and initial it. <laughs> <laughs> put a line through and then write, like it's a bad check or something do we have like, any oh, registrars want- <laughs> hang on do we have any registrars listening are they called registrars yeah they are yeah do we have one of you yeah. listening and uh, if you actually know the answer to this please let us know because that would be very interesting i'd quite like to be a registrar except i, I wouldn't would. like to i don't want to officiate a wedding oh i'd do that easy yeah we could we could work in tandem we could yeah. job share <laughs> 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 uh, see, so yeah, see, when my nephews were born, like they looked exactly alike, and they're they're they are they are identical. look exactly like you, Jen. Yeah, exactly. They're they really pissed. do. I love it. I, like know, this is, I know. It's they're... not like there's twins. It's like there's triplets. It's yeah, so true. I love it. I, well, I, I do look like a very large baby. That is something I've just come to own about myself. But like, <laughs> um, but they are, <laughs> but they are gorgeous. But the thing is, so obviously the two of them, and like we were, I, I felt constantly afraid that they were gonna go through life like not being the right one basically and so but we obviously we didn't do that and the tip that we got from other twin parents was that when they're a baby paint a toenail or two on one of them and then you'll always know like which one is oh, which that's basically. good i was gonna say put a bit of marker pen on one but a toenail. on the leg birthmark <laughs> on the leg <laughs> yeah exactly just take a sharpie out and just rub a little dot you know in there um but no we did we did toenail polish and we actually they actually my 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 sister and brother-in-law did that for like a long time until they could really tell them apart and they knew like which was which and everything i think i think longevity is the key there just make just to make sure yeah 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 exactly maybe getting tattooed that's a good one (laughs) (laughs) we if only we could have found a baby tattoo artist like a tattoo artist that does babies not not i mean like a baby who is a tattoo artist there but you get to be fair if you know it'd be quite nice if it was a baby tattoo artist who did it on the babies yeah yeah so wait is there anything else we need to say about this storyline before we move on i Uh, I just i need to i need to really say again about marion and i just she acted like she was so sanctimonious yeah and the way she just doubted that Shirley could take care of a sick baby and I just thought you don't know what you're capable of until you're in the situation and I just think the fact that she thought she was so much better than Shirley I just it really grated on me I completely agree I've got one more thing to say about this storyline as well so Sister Evangelina if you're gonna okay sorry you're not gonna say the same thing I'm gonna say go ahead <laughs> so sister Man- <laughs> sister angelina was so so upset with herself and she was so right. it was awful she did amazing acting um but there was one scene when she was in the kitchen and she 
got herself annoyed because she dropped some china and it smashed. Yeah. And Sister Monica Joan came in and she was like, I never liked this china, whereas you are irreplaceable and we would be so lost without you. And she really comforted Sister Evangelina and it was beautiful. Again, gorgeously acted. They're all brilliant actors. Um, but it was a gorgeous, gorgeous scene and I just wanted to mention that. It is, it is a very beautiful scene. And both of the things that you girls mentioned are like really thoughtful and sensitive and touching and deep and emotional and really of like high value. And I'm going to really take the tone way, way, way down because to me, the elephant in the room with the storyline is that it made me absolutely think of the movie Big Business starring Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin about a baby <laughs> snatching set of baby switching set of twins. They get raised in the wrong households and one are country and one are city. And then they both have to like go and like, figure it all out and like re-swap themselves back together. Can I just together say, this it, is my like, favorite film of all time. Rose it, and Sadie were on my oh, name, baby name oh. list. And my husband was like, you're not naming our baby after Bette Midler. That would have been an amazing namesake for your daughter, by the way. Okay. But I'm just telling you listeners, okay, it came out in the eight, 1980s. It is like full it's amazing. 80s. It's on 100- Disney+. Plus. Oh, is it? Oh, I'm watching it today. I'm watching it today. Oh my God. Listeners, if you have not seen this movie, please, please, please do yourself a favor. It is a wonderful movie. It's slapstick comedy. It is like family drama. It is, you know, like some of the best performers of our era, like just going off. I mean, talk about Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin at their peak. And like, they, they are just the, oh, the fashions. I mean, I literally could talk about it for an hour, but honestly, the fact that this storyline reminds me of that We'll do a big business podcast next after. Oh, <laughs> it's so good oh i just i literally cannot say enough wonderful things about it and i'm totally in agreement with alex it is it is one of my favorite movies of my life and like truly just a gift that was given to all of us and like please revisit it if you haven't seen it that's all i just i just i just couldn't let the storyline go by without mentioning it because it absolutely made me think of it and i was like oh what a joy yeah so which storyline are we doing now we're doing fred and violet or um tommy and gert mills Let's do Tommy and Gert and then talk about Fred and Violet because Tommy and Gert kind of lead into Fred yeah. and Violet, I think. Okay. Uh, right. So the, they're both really big actors over here, Jen. I know. I know. Well, I don't know Tommy, but I know Gert because she was Mrs. B in the um, Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Martin, what's his face? Uh, Sherlock show. Right. Jen, uh, Jen, you're Jen Bex. How do you remember Una Stubbs originally? Oh. From the Cliff Richard film. Oh no, not at all. But that was a good one. Uh, no, I thought <laughs> Aunt Sally from uh, from Wurzel Gummidge. Oh yeah. Oh wow. So we all know her from different things before this. Yeah, but she's massive over here. But David oh, Ryle yeah. is also a really big actor over here. He's been That's in every Tommy. single. But Tommy this was the... yeah. He okay, um, Tommy, He was yeah. in Harry Potter. Um, oh, who um, was he in Harry Potter? Who was he in Harry Potter? He was the old man in the tent at the wedding when they're talking about stuff, but he'd been in loads with, of stuff. With all the collars? Yes. Like all, all the 8,000 collars on his thing? Yes. <gasps> oh, this, my so goodness. So he's been in every single sitcom that's ever lived. Like, he's big over here. Um, but do you know this is the last thing he ever did? Oh, he passed oh. away? Yeah. Oh, my oh. God. I loved him. Actually, it did have a tribute at the end. Oh, that was him? Yeah. So that must have been him. Oh, oh I loved yeah. him. Oh, I just oh, loved his face. He had those like really huge, like really pillowy eye bags, and he had those like cheeks that just kept on going. That's a compliment, was... I think. <laughs> no, it was. He was so cute. The thing is, I really do mean it. It's a compliment because there's a scene at the at the very end of their storyline where um where Gert is coming in after her um surgery and everything. Also, and shout like... out to Gert. How often do we hear the name Gert? Never. Oh, you know what? I was yeah. thinking if I get a pet. Oh, I think I'm gonna have to call it Gert. 
Gert is a great name. Well, like Gertie, Gertrude, the whole thing. I, it's just so, so cute. But like, no, no, no. There's a scene where like she's coming in after she's had her surgery and Cynthia's sitting there and she's like with, with Tommy and everything. And he has this look on his face. And like, he doesn't look exactly like it, but there was something about his face and like those cheeks and those eye bags and everything that just really reminded me of like, kind of like people in my family, I want to say, like kind of on my, like my paternal, like grandmothers, you know, like. Jen's really and, sold herself today. Well, no, I just, it, I don't know. There's just some, there's just something, something about I, the look of him that just made me think of like old, old family members, like that I've, you know, that I haven't seen in a long, long time. And like, just the look of like, kind of my dad's side of the family and everything. Cause that's kind of how we age. I'm totally expecting when I'm his age, I'm going to look exactly like that. Um, and just have those like. Jen really has given herself really big disservice today. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> funky mood okay we all know we all know got body dysmorphia today but carry on <laughs> yeah, really but anyways I don't know there was just something so sweet about Tommy and just like I just wanted to like just give him a big hug and I don't know I loved him oh he was gorgeous he was oh, lovely such a cutie pie so anyway so the first scene is Cynthia who again perfection with them with dealing yeah. with them um, and yeah. so so Tommy's ill in bed and Gert's his wife and they've been together forever now the relatives of Fred are they his cousin, his dad's cousin, is yeah, Tommy's dad's something, cousin. Some, yeah. Something like that. I couldn't yeah, exactly remember. Cousin. Yeah. Anyway, Barbara comes at the same time and sister, not sister, Nurse Crane is uh, putting pressure on poor, poor uh, Barbara, Barbara to do the laundry rounds. So basically get Which more people. It's actually a nice thing. It is, but at the same time, as Cynthia said, they've got pride and they're all concerned yeah. about it and don't want to get charity. Yeah. And bearing in mind, NHS is still a big new thing. And yeah. so I was quite clumsy there, which is unlike Barbara because she's so emotionally intelligent. I won't have a bad word said against her. Um, if I was hand washing sheets for someone who was incontinent, though, I'd leap at the chance. Oh, 100%. I'd, do, I'd leap at What do you mean? I'd do it now and there's no incontinence going on. <laughs> I said we'll come and do your new for you all right yeah no worries for free <laughs> and, and free of charge yeah exactly. here's a key let yourself in uh, <laughs> um, but also so <laughs> it's true though isn't it can i just tell you this show there are so many free things in this show and like it just makes me laugh because oh you the brits really you guys do a great job just giving away a lot of free stuff to people i i mean well at least during this time period i mean maybe not now but I don't know. I'm just thinking of like some earlier, like some more recent episodes where there was some free stuff going on and it just it just makes me laugh. Well, me and Bex it. are constantly guzzling that rosehip oil, aren't we, Bex? <laughs> syrup, rosehip syrup, not oil. <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's an ancient British beauty secret, rosehip oil. Just drink it. Just drink it down. <laughs> anyway, If you saw me so- on this Zoom call, you would not think it was a beauty secret. I could say that for nothing. Uh, anyway, so in the meantime, while this storyline's going on, there's some Fred and Violet action. Have you noticed about the um, Violet shop again? Yeah, everyone in went into Violet's shop um, to it's buy like some. Napkins. Yeah, na- napkins as in women's sanitary napkins. I'm guessing were they? That's how I took it. That's um, how I took it. That makes more sense. <laughs> what were you thinking? Like, <laughs> what do you mean, like table, like, like table napkins? Yeah, I thought she was stuffing table napkins in a bra. Yeah, but what about what are like bows and? ribbon store sell sanitary napkins or would it just be more like the napkins that you thought maybe sanitary napkins are similar to a table napkin but i don't did they have to <laughs> i hope not Next i time really dinner at bex's i'm having an always pad down my front she's like oh my god i couldn't tell the difference 
so I'm so embarrassed. Sorry, I didn't look closely enough instead of putting this huge, massive maxi pad down and like laying the silverware on top of it. Ooh, this is spaghetti bolognese. Let's get a night time. <laughs> Can you imagine someone just like dabbing their cheeks with like a huge, like 18 inch long maxi pad and everything? And Bex is like, oh, oh no, it's happened again. <laughs> different in those days we don't know what it was like <laughs> thank god we don't know what it was like that is it wasn't, I it was, it wasn't like ever stuck to a front um <laughs> anyway okay so um i've got to include violet in the in this storyline so fred yeah. asks violet to go along with him because he's like i'm not very good at small talk i thought that's all you do mate do you know what i mean i thought he's only sort of there, Fred. <laughs> has he you ever had a big talk with anyone ever yeah yeah so he takes Violet with him and they have a lovely chat and they're all having cups of tea and it's all nice. And then Violet goes into the kitchen to see Gert and she sees that Gert's dealing with like lesions on a... Fr- it was, I'm not being funny. It did make me go a bit funny. Oh, it what? did look really quite bad. Yeah. While, while they're having tea. Because it might, have, it might have gone through a napkin. Yeah, I suppose maybe. I was just like timing a place. I think, I think, she, I think it was just... I think... <laughs> Wait, oh, I know, I know. We've just finished here. I'm just gonna have a quick look look at my um, you know, weeping ulcer here. Hold on a second. Well, Violet was amazing. The... Oh, she Violet was great. Was amazing. She, she was, was like, this great. can't pass, and you shall not dissuade me. And then yeah. Barbara literally turned up, and she was like, Barbara, yeah. see to this. Look at her chest. And Barbara, oh, was and I love like, Barbara oh. when she just said, "We have enough care for the both of you," because yeah. Gert didn't want to take away from Tommy's care. Yeah, yeah. which just shows you how new or not used to the whole system they were because obviously before you had to pay and all that and they she was thinking that there was only a finite amount and you know it was could just be for him for that house i just thought oh bless you well and on and on a serious note you know when when you're when you're a caregiver who's who's really committed and giving care all the time you it's very very easy to kind of forget about yourself and to think that every resource needs to be used for the one that you're caring for and so to me it made complete sense that she would just be like no 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 everything has to go to him he's the one that's like quote important or whatever and like i'm like technically fine so yeah so yeah i I, you know my heart just really went out to gert over and over again because you know even even at the beginning when you know when they discovered that ulcer and everything she says you know i can't use the dressings those are for him and then you know when they talk about going to the hospital she's like Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
can't even go to the hospital and Barbara's like no 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 Cynthia will be here with you and I'll go with you to the hospital and then she has the same concern over her surgery the recovery the whole thing you know and and she just is so willing to kind of you know sacrifice her own you know care and health you know to be to be, in order to be there for him and I will I'm just gonna get there because it just absolutely sent me so the the two of them are, are really portrayed as like true love soulmates been together their whole lives been through everything been through the war been through you know just so many things and they you know just like absolutely completely peas in a pod and oh girls I was I mean okay my hormones are raging right now like just just as a preface to this but like I cry every episode so that's like I was about to say is every week (laughs) I was like my hormones don't have to have anything to do with this but like I just was feeling extra sensitive um and I I started crying so quick in this episode then I just never stopped but um, but like she really had me when she was standing in the hallway with Barbara after the consultation with the doctor and she oh, found no. cancer and she says, you know, she, cause she says, she says to the doctor, like, how, you know, do I have like, how long do I have, you know? And he said, well, you know, without the surgery, you really don't have that long at all. But with the surgery, I think we could give you some, you know, real quality of life and some extra time, you know, so, yeah. and he's like, you're not going to recover. You're not going to be cured of cancer, but like, we can give you, you know, like more time and, you know, really, you know you'll have a better quality of life. And then she says to Barbara privately in the hallway, she's like, I just always imagined that he would go first. I never wanted him to have to live without without me. And I was going to take care of him to the end and everything. And I just don't want to go before he does. You know, I don't ever want him to be alone. And oh my girls, when I tell you, I just absolutely like couldn't oh, handle. No. I mean, this the selflessness, the beauty, this just the sacrifice, the devotion, the love, the care. I mean, yeah, but also gorgeously acted by Una Stubbs as well. Well, both of them. I mean, she, she they're just oh, pitch perfect. Like, and I, I mean, I just, and this is, the, okay, I'm just going to go on a little tangent. I apologize. I'm just going to go on a little tangent. You know, we all know that a lot of movies and TVs are focused on young people, like people under the age of, you know, like, well, honestly, even under the age of like 35, you know, like really young. Let's right? be honest, under yeah. 25. Well, yeah, exactly. I was trying to be generous, but I was like, oh, God, it's just like so, so young, like just these young, beautiful, perfect people, you know, like making these beautiful speeches or like, you know, running over buildings or doing whatever they're doing in these movies. But like these were two genuinely like seasoned actors who were I I don't know how old they both were at the time of the show, but like, I mean, they were really older adults. I mean, they had, you know, significantly older and the quality of their acting was absolutely off the charts, like 100 percent. But to like give an opportunity for you know, people to express themselves and to like have this love story and have this kind of, you know, beautiful expression of something that can really only be in the context of that kind of a situation, you know, like, it's it's not going to mean it's not going to mean the same thing if like two 30 year olds are talking about, you know, like the love and devotion they've had to each other over the last like, you know, year and a half, you know what I'm saying? Like these people have literally been together for decades, and they have done so much. And just the like the fact that they have gone through so much with each other and that was why Tommy's advice to Fred and we'll get there I'm not going to spoil it was just even more poignant because it came from this like absolute well of experience and just like the wisdom of it was just off the charts and it just I just loved seeing it and like really seeing two older people who had the opportunity to to you know portray that and be given that you know storyline and everything I just I just love a prime time show as well oh my gosh I just you know I mean love at any age of life is wonderful and no no like shame on that but I just I just loved seeing you know two people who were older and like they had the wrinkles and they had the you know health issues and they had the you know kind of unglamorous situation you know they were just very like normal ordinary people like really getting you know this just absolute like 
you know, spotlight. And oh, I just loved it. Okay, I'm off I've my... I've also I'm... written a note here. Gert yeah. Mills. Sounds like a tourist attraction. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like something you'd do on a bank holiday. Like, go along to Gert Mills. <laughs> True, though, isn't it, Beth? So we... It does sound... <laughs> yeah, it does. Like, and it sounds like... Because we obviously both um, are from Cheshire originally. And did yeah. you go on a school trip to Style Mills? I did. <laughs> Well, I, we we both made really good points, so I'm glad that like you know we've both taken a little <laughs> detour to you know revel in like similar quality of examination. Uh, you brought big business after my uh, poignant thing, so you know. <laughs> I did. I did. We're running. We're running a real you know like um carousel of of highs and lows here. You know. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the storyline about. Gert and Tommy leads on to the storyline uh, to Violet and Fred's storyline because yep. when Violet is sitting with Tommy, she's talking about Bert, her hus- former husband, mm-hmm. late husband, I should say, not former husband. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that makes Fred start to doubt himself because he kind of thinks he's living with this. There's a lot of living with ghosts actually in this episode because we sh- we yeah. have to come on to it. But yeah, so that really it's it's dark. I know, because obviously his wife died, and I was a bit like, look at your own self. You've got photos of your wife up and stuff. Like, why is it a problem that she's got hers up? Does he have photos of his wife up? I've never seen where Fred lived. Yeah, don't think about it. Work. Well, you'll see in the next two episodes. They've got to be think about it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I forget that part, but well, I just we're going to all yeah. discover it together. I loved when Fred was walking by home from the CDC and he was oh. like, you've got to be careful. And, she, and then Violet says, you didn't seem too bothered about Arthur Tuft. <laughs> but also she didn't lock a shop. But also when he kicked his heels, I can't do that. And I'm a relatively oh. young compared to him. I can't kick my heels. I was so impressed with that. I was so. Yeah. And did you see how he kind of like swung his arms a little bit after he like, yeah. you know, dropped her off and he like, oh, and their flirting was so freaking cute. I mean, the two of them have really great chemistry together. Like, we do. Oh, they are just, oh my God. Although, well, I will say, I'm, I'm going to slag Fred off here. Yeah. She did a lovely Turkish coffee for him with warm milk I in know. Italian cups. I know. And he just buggered off home. But rude. <laughs> Didn't even drink it. Well, you know, you know what I actually really loved about it? And again, I mean, I'm just always saying this about these couples, but like, so we're a little older, okay? Like I'm, I'm a single, you know, woman and everything. And I, and I really, I'm not as old as Fred and Violet, but I'm, but I'm, I feel spiritually like I am. I was to say we're not their age, Jen. <laughs> no, 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 no. I am, I am significantly younger, significantly younger. But significantly, just, yeah, I'm significantly. It's doing a lot of work right there. Okay, this is so when we then. Google it and find out they're supposed to be 36. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> And then I just want to just jump in a grave, basically. But um, so anyways, so, but they're older, okay. And they've both, you know, been around the block, done a lot of things, whatever. And and they, you know, kind of start, um, you know, I mean, like, they, Violet just joined the Civil Defense League in, like, the last episode. So, like, there's not. Cool, a, uh, cool. Oh, Civil Defense Corps. So, I mean, they're kind of, you know, quote, together for, like, a relatively brief period of time. But anyways, so Fred is, like, really, you know, starting to feel, like, really interested in her and everything. And he's, you know, he's, um, like, they go for the coffee after the visit with Tommy and, um, is it before or after the visit with Tommy and Gert? After, oh, anyways, after, 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 after right. Because yeah. he's kind of, like, a little bit, you know, she's like, why don't, why don't you come over and I'll do something nice and we'll kind of, you know, 
cheer ourselves up a little bit because that was a bit of a tough visit to, you know, to kind of make and everything. So he sees the picture of her husband on the, on the, I don't know, what is it? The cupboard thing or whatever, as she's like doing the coffee. And she, and she really has, I mean, you can really tell that she's like, you know, cause she says, she's like, I did this and I did this and I did this. And I, you know, she's really trying to like show him how much she likes him by doing all of that. Yeah. And, then he, and then he gets a bit upset and he, you know, he's like, Oh, he's like, you know, we both like miss our, you know, partners and all that. But like, you know, I can tell you still love, you know, your husband or anything. She's like, well, I've known him since I was 16. And he's like, I've got to go. And she's like, Fred, okay, listen, like, we're not spring chickens anymore. Like, we both know what's going on. I just on say, here, I like- absolutely dug this. I thought it was amazing. She was like, I'm not being around the bush, mate. I'm getting straight to the point. Yeah. She knows Don't- what she wants. She's going love for it. Her. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. She says that she's like, listen, are we going to do this? Or are we not going to do this? Because like, I don't really need to like, just kind of mess around with game playing f- anymore. Like I'm over yeah. that I'm done with it. And he's like, Oh, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I feel really bad about this. I, I gotta go whatever. So she's like, Oh, fine. Okay. Well, anyway, so he walks out. And then which I just loved because I, I I have thought about this myself. Like, I mean, <laughs> we'll see if it can happen. But like, God willing, I'll meet someone. But if I do, I don't want to do any of that either. And I just think at a certain point in life, you do really know yourself. You don't have to like, quote, figure it out as much because it's like, it's either going to work or it's not. You don't have to really like, you know, kind of go through 8,000 different life experiences with them to figure out if you're going to handle it well together. You just both know kind of, or you or you know it's not. And then that's the end of the story. But anyways, so that's my little like soapbox on that thing. But then Fred goes, to Tommy and he's like well I really like and Tommy says you know oh I, I really love Gert and you know Tom, Fred is like yeah you've really got a good woman there and he's like well yeah and he's like and you do too Vi's amazing and he's like yeah she she is amazing but you know she still kind of has a thing for her you know her husband who's passed and he says how am I supposed to compete with someone who's perfect and he goes well no one's per-. this with Tommy now he goes no one's perfect you know like you have to kind of let yourself be open to you know like the love that comes and like you know Violet still loved you know her previous husband but like that doesn't mean she can't love you and that that's not you know a wonderful opportunity for you both to be together and it was just such good advice and he was so again Tommy was just so sweet about it and that's what gives Fred the confidence to kind of say something to her um you know, to kind of make it right and for them to actually like go forward. Sorry, I'm talking so, so much. Then he, I'm just so be then quiet, he turns yeah. up to the shop, Mrs. G's shop again for the fourth time that episode. <laughs> 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 so it's true about what you said, Bex. Um, but he's mm. like, oh, "Have you got a padlock?" And she's like, "Yeah." Well, actually, no. Wait, wait, no, no. And she's and she's packing up. But um, I love this because she's basically just giving him an ultimatum, isn't she? Yeah, but so, so basically, yes. he still yes. lives in Plymouth. She is giving him one, but not giving him one, and that's the genius yeah. of it. Yeah. So yeah. her son lives in Plymouth and she's like, she says, there's nothing here for me now. I've decided to pack it in. Um, my son lives in Plymouth. He's asked me to go and live with him. And he was like, what, what, live? So stay? And she was like, well, yeah, well, there's nothing here for me now. But it's, like, very no. like, but it's very like, give me a reason not to go, you know? Like, yeah. if you, you oh, know she what I'm saying? She knew what she was doing. She knew oh, what yeah. she was doing. No. Yeah. She's so anyway, he gets, um, he's like, oh, have you got a padlock? And she's like, oh, oh, yeah. Um, but. And then he locks them in, right? Now, I'd be so annoyed if I was him. <laughs> also, this is the first time her shop's been locked. I don't well exactly. But also, <laughs> the fact, well, she added a bell, to be fair, when he was like, you need a bit more security. Um, so people would know when they were, people would hear when people was nicking stuff. Um, but the padlock, she was like, oh, I can give you a bit off that because it's not got a lot, a, a key. Well, what do you mean a bit off? <laughs> like, it's absolutely useless. <laughs> So then he does this. She doesn't say the padlock thing until after you miss the big part in the middle. Exactly, yeah. But then, so he's like, "Don't, I don't want you to go anywhere. I want you to stay here with me forever. I want you to marry me." And um, 
and she's like, well, ask me then. He's like, well, I just have. Even though technically, I don't think he did, if I'm honest. I'm no, yeah, yeah, still. yeah, yeah. But yep. his smile when she says yes is one of the most <gasps> gorgeous things on TV that's ever happened. He looks I so cheeky and like cute. It's so gorgeous. Oh, there is no one cuter than Cliff Parisi. There really isn't. And then he gives her this big kiss and a hug and they just both look so happy. And Fred and Vi are just my favourites. I love him. God, I love him so much. But again, another <sighs> another love story that's not your conventional two young kids yeah. who are both, you know. yeah. Yeah, size eight blonde, and a lot of and a lot of times it's kind of depicted that like oh once you reach a certain point like that's just not going to happen for you ever again or or it's not going to happen to you at all if it hasn't happened by X age or X date or whatever like that and it's like no that's absolute garbage like yeah you can find love many times in your life you can find love at any time of your life you know like that door is always open if you allow it to be open and like there's there you know there could be wonderful oh I just oh girls. But again, it's Call the Midwife. That's how good Call the Midwife is. Oh, Multifaceted. That's why we do podcasts on it, because it's so good. Yeah. Well, like, uh, life just isn't for the young. You know what I mean? That's the thing that the show re- reinforces every single episode. It's not just about, you know, people who are, like, under a certain age. It's like, life is happening to everyone until literally you draw your last breath. Like, we're all here. We're all dealing with it. We're all doing it. We all have, you know... Yeah. Um, right. Speaking of life, let's talk about Glenda. Oh, little Glenda. Oh, Glenda Severs. Yeah, I, I, I think Glenda's know. a little bit of a bugger, if I'm honest. She goes out of school to speak to them. She goes out of school, uh, uh, which is supposed to be in school, and goes into an artist's house to like give a letter to Sister Monica Joan. She thinks her mother is dead, and she's trying to get connection with her. Well, she just. I blame her dad, don't get me wrong. But but you tell the context of the story. Sister Monica Joan and Sister Winifred are preparing. So it's basically Halloween, isn't it? Yeah. And they're talking about a turnip carving and how there's going to be this parade and that you can bring the dead back. And then little Glenda shows up and says that she wants to bring her mum back because her mum's dead and she wants Mm -hmm. to see a ghost. And Sister Monica Joan basically humours her. Yeah, and, and Sister Winifred's like... I didn't actually hear you say no. Was it Patsy with them? We didn't actually hear you say no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was Patsy. I'm not mm. explaining this, right? You if are. If someone can take it, that would no, be you're great. Doing good. You're doing good. <laughs> what gets me with this storyline is Fred then makes a... They're talking about it back at Nanasa's house, and then Fred makes a comment about how Glenda's mum isn't dead and how she ran off to Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So then Sister Winifred goes and speaks to Glenda's dad and kind of says, what does she ask? She goes to the dad and she's like, you know, Glenda's come and said this to us. And uh, well, then she and kind she of gave us like she doesn't know that his wife's run off because he explains it to her and she's like, oh, so I found that really weird unless she didn't know. I don't know. No, I think, well, I no, think... I think she knows that she's run off, but maybe not the, the, circum- the full circumstance. Right, she ran off with another man. But then we find out that Glenda's dad isn't, Glenda isn't even his child. Yeah. 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 See, this, it's a very, that, that's, that's kind of the complicated thing with the story, which I actually really liked was that, you know, Winifred goes and he's, you know, and chats with him and everything. And she's like, oh, well, she brought us this letter. But at the same time, like, you know, if she's not really gone, you know, kind of what's the deal here, basically. And he's like, well, you know, we were together and, um, you know, she left when Glenda was like three months old. And he's like, I, I didn't even realize I could like love some, you know, like a baby that wasn't mine. But like, I've, I've wanted to take care of her ever since. And I've done, a, you know, a good job and everything. But like her real. Well, I was like, real... she keeps running out of school. 
Well, you know, he, well, he's like, but he's like, you know, he's like, her mother is, is my current wife and everything. And that's the mother she knows and, you know, everything like that. And she's like, well, she, I don't think she's really feeling that kind of from you as much as you might hope that she is, you know, because this is what she's been sharing with us. And he's like, oh, God, I feel really bad. So then they have the Halloween parade. I'm sorry, I've just taken over. I'm telling it again now. But anyways, they have the Halloween parade. And Glenda comes up to them and she's like, oh, maybe I'll see my mom and everything. And, and Winifred is like, well, you know, maybe you'll see somebody else. And then she kind of points and and her dad comes to the Halloween parade and he pulls her aside. And and I actually I actually like the way that he did it because he didn't tell her the truth. But he said, you know, I'll talk to you more about your mom when you're older because she asked. She says, you know, the thing I really want to know is more about my mother because I never got to know anything and you won't talk about her now. And he obviously doesn't still doesn't want to because it's very painful. And also it's a complicated story that a child you know, maybe doesn't really need to hear at the moment. But he says, you know, I, I, I really love you. I'm always thinking about you. I always want to take care of you. He's like, I'm sorry, I haven't kind of expressed that a little bit more. Because, you know, you are the most important thing. And I just I thought it was really touching and sweet. I didn't I didn't think she was annoying. Sorry. Well, it annoyed me the way you lied to her. So I didn't really know. <laughs> I've already thought about this. I've, I've written that I don't think I'm right. But <laughs> it did annoy me how he lied to her. Like he was like, "Oh yeah, I'll sort it," and then literally lied to her face. And I was a bit like, "Well, no, yeah, but did but what could he say? To he, her that was right? he didn't lie to her face. He just didn't tell the truth." Yeah. The well, my daughter's quite I similar age, quite and I wondered what I'd do. But she loves death, so I'd be like, "Yeah, she's dead." <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. But like, I don't know. I don't know what I think could be best there. All I know is that Glenda annoyed me a bit, and I was an old Sister Monica Jones. I didn't like the way Sister Monica Joan was berated there as well. It was not like she invited. She was like, tell me all about your mother. And then she was like, oh, she said she didn't. She didn't invite any of it. And then everyone's annoyed her. So that annoyed me a bit as well. I Googled turnip carving. So, well, first of all, I, I thought it was Halloween that they were gearing up for. But then I was like, is this some other tradition? But apparently they used to carve um, pump turnips before we used to carve turnips pumpkins sorry i'm getting yeah they still do it in the church near me turnip carving you live in the 1960s with like rose rich coming from you turnip <laughs> carving but i googled it and then looked at some pictures carved turnips is terrifying they look like little shrunken heads yeah they do like from beetlejuice yeah <laughs> i think there is something about certain aspects of british culture that is just generally like quite oldie worldy you guys I mean, it's just, it just, you can't help it. You've been around for what, a thousand years or something? You just I can't personally help it. haven't, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but there's just so much history. Like, you just can't avoid it. I mean, it's like, you know, yeah, there's just a lot about Britain that still just is so like the olden days you know what I mean like it just I don't know it just is like it's it's, it's part of the real wonder of wonder of it and it's charming and everything like that but yeah um, should we I talk also, about Glenn no you can I think we're gonna say the same thing oh I was gonna say should we talk about Timothy Turner yes we should finally okay okay can you guys say exactly what happened with Tim with Timothy because I wonder if I got some deleted scenes if I or if yeah, I you probably scenes. did so, so you guys Tim, say Tim has a pinhole camera and has been taking photos, I think, for like a school project. And he shows his dad and then he says to his dad, imagine what I could do with a real camera. OK, so we didn't have that part. Yeah. And then his dad digs out his old camera, which has still got some film in it, which Tim then develops and then finds the picture of his mum. I yeah. know, finally, finally, yeah. a mention. I know, I know. I've, been, I've, been, I've been beating this drum for ages. And I was, yeah, and but I, then I, he doesn't tell his dad. He doesn't tell his new mom. And why it's why does secret. he keep it a secret? So there's, there's no, no scene. There's no There's no expansion on any of that. No. He just says, oh, your finger was over the lens and that's it. Yeah, yeah. So, I can't remember. I've watched all the episodes so many times. I can't you don't remember know, it ever being mentioned again. 
but you don't know if he like keeps the photo or destroys no, the photo. I'm Nothing. sure he'll. Just... I don't think he destroy it. That'd be a bit psychotic. Oh, bit. see, this, this, this is uh, okay. So this is, and but then okay. So keep saying what what happens to Tim then. So what does he do next? Well, that's pretty much it, isn't it? Well, but then, well, sorry. What I was going to add to that was that then. So he has the photo of. So it's a photo. The one that he develops in that old roll of film is Doctor Turner. Tim is a baby in the middle. He's like maybe one or two years it's old. It's like his first or and second then, birthday party. And yeah. then and then the first Mrs. Turner, who's like smiling and clapping, like with because they're all. Very good looking. Red. Yeah, yeah and, and actually looks a lot like Sheila, to be perfectly honest with you. That's what I thought when I first saw her. And um and then and then Tim is like, Oh, your your finger was over the lens, like it didn't come out, you know, da 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 and everything. And so then he kind of hides the photo and doesn't mention it. But then at the end of the episode, Tim says, because of the baby switch up, he's like, Oh, he's like, here you now you can take a photo of each baby and keep it on their file so that you, you know, to help you know, kind of yeah. reduce the, the the likelihood that you would have a switched baby ever again. And she was like, oh, that's so sweet. And he's like, well, here's like something I want to do with the photo, with the camera. And so then Sheila grabs Angela, who's in her little playpen thing, and they take a new family photo with the camera. Yeah. And it was like, okay, here we go. Like, you know, going forward and Tim is smiling. Everyone's really happy. It's a really nice moment. But I just was like, God, this erasure of like Tim's mother. Really, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. It is I mean, weird, isn't it? It's probably really appropriate for the time, but I just think it's. I just think. Well, that's how they react to like deaths and stuff in my village. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but but... Knew you were joking for a second. Says it all. <laughs> but Do- but Sheila and Doctor Turner are having a conversation because obviously the- they're talking about the-, the babies haven't been switched, and Sheila's talking about how she couldn't love Angela more because Angela isn't her own child. Right. But it's when she says she thinks the same about Timothy, and Timothy's listening in the hallway, and the yeah. smile on his face. I know. Maybe Bless that's the, what what makes him think that he's not going to show the photo that he feels so accepted. Because no, that what... comes af- that comes afterwards. I'm surprised that he didn't show his dad. Yeah, it's weird. It is weird. Um, well, also, just just that, like, oh, you know, like I found this photo of my mother because because he, I mean, in the in the moment when he's in the dark room, he seems really taken aback by it. Like he seems to have but, a very like intense reaction. But he must have so few. I mean, we take it for granted how many photos we have. Yeah, like he ridiculous. must have so few pictures of his mum. But the thing is, his mother. I mean, but when when we meet Doctor Turner and Tim, Tim is like at least seven years old at least I mean he's not a child he's not like a baby you know what I mean like and his mom only died like a year before so there's no way that Tim like doesn't remember her like he obviously really remembers her you know like he's old enough to have like a lot of good memories with her so the fact that he just like never talks about her never mentions it never seems upset about it never seems to come up it's just like traditional British stiff upper lip I know but it's just it's just it's just again it's like I, I really have like so few criticisms to show but this one to me is just wild i'm like why in the You've world also no mention of this her family because she'll have had family so we might have grandparents or aunties and uncles exactly. there's no exactly yeah. i mean it's just it, i mean it just again i just have to use the word erasure because it's just like this woman and, and everything around her just never existed once you know dr turner gets ma- married to sheila and it's just like how in the world i mean yeah because if i was tim's auntie you wouldn't be able to get rid of me oh my god no <laughs> Neither, yeah. Well, and 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 my thing is like I love that the Doctor Turner and Sheila are so happy. I love that Tim feels one hundred percent, you know, connected to Sheila, and they have a great relationship. And he's so devoted to Angela. I mean, it, it's a it's a wonderful family unit. Like, love that. Like, no criticism of that. But just like the idea that just you know, I don't know that history never existed. It's like give me a break. It just doesn't make sense. Even for British people, it doesn't make sense. Sorry, <laughs> mood. 
Um, speaking of British, Welsh and yep. English, let's talk about Yo. Delia and Patsy. Yeah. So follow on from last week. So at the dance last week, they were like, we want to just dance together, just me and you, like other people do, who are lovers. And today they're a bit <laughs> struggling with the fact that they can't be close outside. Ever they, They're really struggling with the fact that they can't be together which I get, it must be awful. Oh, it's um, terrible. And they're yeah. in a cafe and having this quite intense conversation. And this man comes over and he's like, can I buy two pretty girls uh, a piece of cake? And Delia, oh, delivered with such vim and vigour. She was just like, we don't like cake. And just stormed <laughs> out of there. <laughs> we all know what she meant. She doesn't like. <laughs> oh, I loved it so much. Well, it was so and good. really heartbreakingly, like, she she had just said to Patsy you know she's like I just sometimes wonder if like we should just like you know like batch it in and just both get married and like go off and just live that way because she's like this is so painful like loving each other but not being able to like really be together the way that we want yeah and she was like do you want to get married Patsy after she'd stormed out do you want is that what you actually want to get married she was like yes but to you and it was all very touching and moving yeah and Patsy and then she walks away and Patsy's like oh no you know what I mean like they're both they're like I don't want to marry you oh no it was really sad it was really sad i mean yeah we all just we all really feel for them oh it's terrible Love but it was it was very short i mean it wasn't a lot more than that but no yeah, but it was just, just iconic yeah becky yeah. becky suggested we put it on a t-shirt so watch this space yeah we don't like cake not like that that was that was weird <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, I right. was good. Heroes and zeros, ladies. My zero is Marion Smith. Nice. Good. Just for being so high and mighty and superior. And my zero, she was my zero, my <laughs> hero <laughs> is going to be Fred and Bye. Oh, I just love them. Love, 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 love it. Um, and I'm being very brief that's this week. So that's me. Jen? Okay, girls, I actually wrote down my heroes and zeros in advance. <gasps> Can, Can, you believe? Can you believe? Well, I had this flash as I was watching the episode and I was like, that's my hero. And so I wrote it down really fast. And then I thought, oh, but what can my zero be? be? And then I and then I thought of it as well. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go with this. this is my well, that's what we zero. do every episode, Jen. So, you know, just keep well, on. <laughs> yeah, so, sometimes I learn, okay? So, okay, so here's my zero. My zero is Sister Evangelina punishing herself so terribly for the baby switch. Because, yeah, yeah, no, no, not her. She's not my zero. But the fact that she was so hard on herself and felt so bad. And I just think, like, we're our own worst critics. And I know that she would just really rake herself over the coals. And she was struggling. Like, that scene where she dropped the cup and she started getting really upset. And then Sister Monica Joan came in and, you know just said oh I don't care about the cup but I care about you you know you're irreplaceable like I don't want you to feel bad and everything and I just I I, you know we've all been there before and like whenever you're hard on yourself you can just be so mean to yourself about it and I just I hate her hurting herself and you know because because it really was an honest mistake an absolutely honest mistake she's the most yeah there was a fire for god's sake yeah I mean she would never 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 do anything to hurt anyone intentionally she is such a good soul so um you know, yeah, so that was my zero. Okay, my hero, girls. Now, I also got my hero from the same scene, okay? Because Sister Monica Joan, um, you know, she says, you're irreplaceable. And then she says something about my sister. And I just thought to myself, this is going to be so broad, but like, okay, sister is obviously used as an honorific in this like specific relationship of nuns and everything. But I literally wrote, my hero is the sisterhood because I just really love how women band together and they, I mean, they band together in every episode of the show. So, you know, I get that, but something about 
something about these women just really, really showing up for each other and being so solid and just a rock for each other and protecting each other and supporting each other and, you know, helping each other through tough times and everything like really like a family, really like a loving family who are just, you know, they're with each other through the highs and lows. And I just, it's something I really love about women. I just think, I just think we do a great job of this. Like we really show up for each other and we show up for, you know, a lot of people in our lives, but, um, Anyways, I don't know. I just was really struck by that sisterhood this week. And that's my hero. Oh, and there was the really touching scene as well when Sister Julienne was comforting Sister Evangelina. And she says to her, we go forward as a family. Yes, yes. It was lovely. Amen. My hero this week is Sheila for being boss. She was so boss when they were dealing with the aftermath and Sister Julianne was so lovely to Sister Evangeline, which you would expect, but Sheila was just like, don't you dare take this on yourself. It was all of us. We are a team. We're going to sort it together. And she was there like with the bloods making sure just, just straight interaction. She was amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, My zero is the same as Becky's, but more Godfrey Smith Um, (laughs) Marion as well, but more Godfrey Smith. The fact that he was basically like, Oh, Brill, we can just swap babies now. Like, with no bonding or anything he's just like that's their faulty baby back those fools can have that faulty baby and we'll mm-hmm. have the nice brand new one done he did not mm-hmm. care he was awful and she's in for a really horrible life with godfrey smith yep. good because i don't like her either but you know what i mean <laughs> they're not ruining two households no um, I, right. my, o- my only hope with the two of them is that they did actually this this situation with the baby switching and everything did kind of bring them back together and then maybe Marion was able to kind of get better and soften up a bit and, you know, get a little bit. She's got a miserable life with Godfrey. Well, that's that's true. That's true. Um, Now, also, I've got a message from one of our listeners. I always want to say readers, mm-hmm. like I'm a magazine or something. Um, hey, you've done a hero. Yeah, yeah, Sheila was the hero for being so boss Who? and taking charge. Sheila, Sheila was the hero. Oh, yes. Nicest listeners, isn't it? You know, one of our fellow <laughs> podcasters even listening. Be- Becky always just drops out for a few minutes each episode where she yeah. just kind of zones into her own She's little like, world, I don't have to know? speak here. Uh, <laughs> so one of our listeners has messaged in. Now, June Boyle has already corrected us on something else. She's like our, uh, like our autocorrect here. I love it. That's what we need. <laughs> so, oh, you know, yes. when you two were talking about um, the actress who played Susan Robbins last week, when you were talking about the fact that she Who's not that? last week, but yeah. Uh, when you were talking about what she was in um, Pride and Prejudice, Pride and Prejudice, yeah, like you know that Pride and Prejudice episode, yeah. Um, <laughs> she was saying the actress who played Susan was a leading character in Last Rise to Candleford. Her character was the wife of Brendan Coyle's character. I watched Last Rise to Candleford. Yeah, I think you'd so- like it, Jen. Oh, I probably I've never I've never even heard of it. I didn't even know that show. So yeah, I'll yeah. have to I'll have well, to check it out. Victoria Wood was in it as well, wasn't she? I've spoken about her before in this. Who's Victoria Wood? Is she the she, is she, was she Candleford? Oh, look at me saying this now. Lark rise to candle. Look, we're googling this live. Ooh, yeah. Edgy seat seat stuff. This isn't it. Our live googles are legendary. Oh, hang on. Am I thinking of the right? Oh, maybe I'm thinking Sarah Lancashire. I'm sure it was her in it. I don't think Sarah Lancashire's in it either. She this is. is I'm looking at IMDb right now. Sarah Lancashire's right and right big in it. Right big oh, in it. She's that's, right that's, big in it. That, that's the one from Happy Valley. Yeah. No, Sarah Lancashire. Lancashire. Well, who else did you say was in it though? Victoria Wood. I'm just kidding. Oh, it. Linda Bassett. Linda Bassett was in it. She's Nurse Crane. She was Queenie Terrell Terrell something. No, she did Lark Pies to Cranchesterford parody. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, Sarah Lancashire is the narrator. That's why I didn't realize she was oh, in it. Oh, wait, did you say Brendan Coyle? Yeah. He was from he was from Downton Abbey. Abbey. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. Now I'm looking at the whole cast here in this. Oh, I know that guy too. God, I had a lot of good people in it. Oh, that guy too. Ooh. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Sorry, do you guys know? Just do you guys know this? Do you guys know this guy? Oliver. Well, I can't see oh, him. You need to really... give us his name. It, Olive, oh, what's his name? Hang on, yeah. Oliver Jackson Cohen. Uh, he's he's been in something I've seen recently. Oh, oh, he was in that. He was in that movie. Okay. Oh, he was in that movie too. Sorry. <laughs> Why are you giving us real sorry, details here? He's in no, that. Okay. Oh, this man. Yeah. No. Okay. So he was in that. What's your number movie that came out um, in 2011 with Anna Faris and Chris Evans, where she tries not to have sex with more than a certain number of people because she's been slut shamed. Okay. And then there's another one where he's in Going the Distance with Drew Barrymore and Justin Long, where they're like a long distance couple. I don't know who he plays in it, but he's he's in that movie. Um, I've looked at his photo. I don't recognize him. This looks like a. Oh, that's Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I thought that was Jason Statham, but no, different different person anyway I, think, I mean anyway it does I think not we need matter to get back on track. i know wait why do we even start talking about this because i said about um someone in lark rise because june messaged in one of our listeners oh and also another one of our listeners off twitter who uh, we gave her a shout out the other week but we're going to give her another one amy kelland she says she wants a t-shirt with put it in the drawer sheila on it <laughs> so uh, wait know, a minute Wait a minute. I did, I love June. Okay, but why did June tell us that Lark, about Lark Rise to Candleford? What was because you oh. two were going on about the uh, Pride and Prejudice. Susan oh, Robbins. but who? But who? So Susan Robbins is in Lark Rise to Candleford. She's apparently a main character in it. Oh, I don't see her listed on here, but that doesn't mean anything. I'm not correct. Oh no, that's not her. Either. No, she was a main character in it. Oh okay. Oh, I'm gonna have to look up the show and see. Was it? Was it a movie or a um a show? It was. No, a it was. A, it was on a Sunday night. Oh, we love a Sunday this. night drama, eh? Yeah, yeah. I'm, gonna have, I'm gonna have to look this up and see if I can find it. I think you and your mum would like it. it. Forty episodes, God, it was a. They did a lot of it. They did. Oh my God, we're gonna need to start a podcast for Lark Rise to Candle first. Well, I'll have to watch it first, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, yeah, I'll have to watch it as well because I've never seen this before. Well, hang on, well, let's get through the call the midwife one first, eh? <laughs> we're only on series four, episode seven. <laughs> you, might, you might need to cut a lot of this portion of the podcast so, out so series four episode eight is next week yeah uh, oh is we that hope... the christmas that's not the christmas special no there's i thought it was the christmas special next week but it's not it's no, episode it's eight, eight and then yeah. we've got a christmas special okay yeah. gotcha so thank you so much for listening if you've listened this far um <laughs> yeah, god bless you <laughs> sorry guys there was just so much going on this episode next week we'll try to be more brief I don't yeah, think that's going to happen, but next no, week- it never, I was about to say it's never going to get more brief. If anything, we're just going to be three hours long. Um, thank you so much for listening. Remember to subscribe, like us, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, Listen to some adverts. Yes. Yeah. Leave review. Listen to some adverts. Bring Jen over. Hashtag yeah. bring, Jen, bring Jen over. Hashtag justice for Jane. Justice for Jen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Complin for recall. I still can't. <laughs> oh, thing. Anyway, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. See you Bye. Next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.